Dad, it's either FTCR or Radio Disney. Hello, everybody. I am FTA. I'm Jono. I'm T-Bash. And welcome back to another episode of Sonic Says. This is a uh, special episode. We're not going to be reviewing any current issues. Because it's not like we have a backlog of stuff that we need to get through. <laughs> no, we don't need that. We do, however, have a special guest. He's not somebody uh, who worked on the book. He's just... Outside, of, outside yeah. of Jonathan, he may be the biggest fan of, of these book I know. Possibly so even, even more than Jonathan. We Everybody have... welcome Benji. Everybody <laughs> welcome my son. No, um, we have the one and only writer of Big, Big Fish and Adventure 3. Oh no. David the Lurker. Oh, that's me. Hello. <laughs> I am I am David the Lurker. I... Oh, heck. Oh, heck. That's true. I, 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 do, I have been writing big. Big the cat. Big's Big Fish and Adventure 3. It's great. It's great. It's going to be great. Uh, play the it. best, the best, only the best People games. People tell me all the time, all the time. <laughs> the all those other games. Uh, yeah, we'll blow them out of the water. <laughs> Sad. No wonder Sonic Mania is doing so terribly. <laughs> Sad. <laughs> I like how your version of that purse has like a Romanian accent or something. <laughs> In Transylvania, no one likes the Sonic Mania. I mean, Sonic Mania, you. Trump has ties to Russia, so. <laughs> I mean, okay. He's a ro- robot, robot, Russian robot. Ro- <laughs> Moving on. So we we thought we thought in this episode again we're not gonna review, but we thought just because Davidson he brought his almost complete collection of the entire series. We thought we just I have a complete collection. Hey, you know, wait a minute. Yeah. I was a child, right? When I was, a child. I was a child. Yeah, but you know, sometimes certain. Oh, there I was a child, and I was I was yelled at what to keep those in, uh, in 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 bags and boards. What do you mean was a child? Well, you know. <laughs> so we thought we'd just do a um, overview of the series as a whole. David is going to read some select uh, things. Uh, probably, which, depending oh, on, on what the mood strikes. Which are fantastic. My son will sit there and complain. Uh, TJ and I, I think the ranking of this is um, TJ knows the least, then Benji, then me, and then possibly Ty, Jono, and... And they've been the right champ. <laughs> yeah, I like, think the thing that works against me is I have a terrible memory. Ah, yeah. No, yeah. I unfortunately remember too many things. Uh, once upon a time, on the front page of Sonic Retro, I wrote a 16 part, 50,000 word review on Mobius 25 years later, in which I learned and tried to forget many, many things. A lot of very specific yeah. storylines. I wrote. I, I think I. I, th- I read all that, uh-huh. and I wrote notes because you. You did commentary on the lawsuit too, because I was going to reference you because we were going to do a Ken Pender special at one point. Oh, so it's pretty special. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's been quiet for half an hour. The second we press record, he won't shut up now. <laughs> Aww. Oh, he's doing raspberries. He's got a lot of so, b- opinions. Be- before we started, David... That's how he feels about Compendrous. Yeah. Before we started, you were reading oh, a right. letter. A letter? Yes. I like letters. Well, you see, because one of the staples of the Sonic Hedgehog book, even though it did disappear briefly, yeah. and, but then it came back, and when it did disappear, they they did it on the website. For a while, even though none of that exists except in the hearts of millions. Well, I mean, uh, Ian Flynn for a, for a while was doing an online uh, uh, "this character would answer your questions" thing that was, right. was pretty brilliant, and and a lot of people really wish that he would 
would like put that out in some way because mm-hmm. it like once Archie redid their site, it got completely lost. Do you think yeah. he still has them? I don't know if he still has them. That's I would, something we would ask. We I would ask. think he does. I, I think there's Ian, little... Ian Strikes was the kind of person who right. saves everything he works yeah. on. There, I know there are little bits and pieces on archive.org, but not all of it. Um, it may have the Valentine's Day special that Vector and Amy did, implying that maybe <laughs> they hooked up in Moby's 25 years later, and that's where Vector's son came from. Because, my OTP! Oh my gosh! Because Amy is mysteriously absent, and it was also in reference to like the future, uh, when it was like, hey... It's Valentine's Day, and Sonic's not going out with me, and Vector's like, and then, <laughs> Press the circle button to slide! <laughs> and, and then they're like, you want to go grab a bite? And they're like, yeah. End of column. I'm like, oh no. Vector just bites him. Bites her. <laughs> and that's why we don't see Amy anymore. <laughs> Amy ate her, and that's how he gave birth to his own son. I think I read a fanfic like that <laughs> one. Mobians are weird that way. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Yeah, but please, please yeah, read so, this genius right. letter. We're talking though. about, of course, Sonic Grams. Which mm-hmm. issue is this from? Now, this is from the Sonic the Hedgehog In Your Face number one collector's edition special. This was the first of the 48-page specials. There were a series, yeah. they were all number one, and then they eventually moved yeah. on to making uh, a numbered Super series. Special. Right. The Sonic Super Special, which there were mm-hmm. 15. Number 15's bad. <laughs> it is the worst. It is the worst. It is, is that, arguably the worst single Sonic. Is that Sonic Live? No. It's not Sonic Live. It, it's worse it's, than Sonic Live? Is half of it just white with snowflakes on it? What? I Why? think half of it is, is like... Maybe not half. Maybe the, a quarter of it. A lot of it it's, is just it's snowflakes. Just, it's just white pages? Yeah. Here. Take a look. Right? Or you can flip since yeah, she's wanna... holding a child. Um, oh, yeah, no, because the the Sonic oh black and right. eyes, black and eyes. Was this thing made in like a week? It's pretty bad. It's... Well, I believe the artist credited is Many Hands, who is a vague oh, there we go. being. What? Now, what's special? Again, oh my more. God, more still. <laughs> Look at those three flat pages. Backgrounds. Oh, you gotta show. That's my favorite. Oh, part. Sonic Spin City. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> of course, Sonic the Hedgehog. Has, has warranted so many spoofs. Yes. A what Sin is, City spoof? What, what is this figure eight thing where the figure eight <laughs> is sideways over his body? It looks like, it looks like his torso is wearing a bow tie. He's trying to do, he's trying to tap dance right. is what he's trying to do. Oh, but you gotta turn the page to this. The, the oh best. no, not this one. Is that the one? The next page, oh gosh, no. Best, pe- best picture, right there. Yep. A that, seductive... That Dr. Octopus as a swap bot? It is a seductive A female Dr. Octopus as a... It is it's funny, funny in disguise. Oh, is, isn't there one like that where it's a... Uh, or is, is that the one where Sonic's like a detective where like Sally's doing like a wearing a sexy dress out in nightclub? No, that's issue sixty something. Is that the one where like is that like the Sonic Detective one where like it's like a weird um story where he's like a private eye? Sixty three. Yep, that's the 52. one. Fifty two. Dead gummit. <laughs> that's a good cover though. It's a, it's oh, I like, love this cover. That cover's well, pretty great. That was Spaz in like a really good. Right. That was Spaz and like this the is good the spaz issue time. that well issue fifty two is also the one that has cameos from. The Mystery no, Science Theater robots. There's yeah. Crow and Tom Servo. <laughs> That's cool. I mean, it's, it's great just showing pages in an audio medium, of course. But, um, <laughs> Video games, am I right? <laughs> 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 oh, yeah. No, but 52 is is interesting. 
even though we've already gone widely off topic. Yeah, please. I was going to read a letter please from go back Sonic to that Rams. Yeah. Hell, we could just do a whole issue, uh-huh. or a whole episode, on what spoofs Sonic did in oh, the comic. Man. Back There's in the day, so yeah. Yeah. I mean, Not Sally Moon anymore. Sally Moon? Sally Moon. Uh, well, Knuckles Tuxedo. Sally McBeal. Sally, Sally McBeal did it. Happen. Was all, it was Shadow all around basketball. Sally, wasn't it? <laughs> Shadow, Shadow Basketball. Right. Uh, Amy Rogue Dennis. Weren't those all written by Dan Slott? Uh, yes. No wonder they're uh, terrible. Because they're, they're part of the whole Zone Wars, right? Yeah. Ah. yeah. His baby. <laughs> the, the, that's well, only two issues he wrote, right? Good. Yeah, like he. Two he, issues he, he too created, many. Like he created Sonic, right? He created Sonic? Sonic the Zonehog, I think, might have been. I always pronounced it Zonic. Zonic? Well, I say Zonic because Sonic. Well, and then later you get Ian Flynn introduces the rest of the Zone Cops, and they're just Z replacements. But I think. think It might have originally been, because he was a Zone Cop, I think it might have been they were attempting to go with Zonic. Oh. But, because, I don't know, Zonic doesn't. I I mean, I just say Zonic. Because Sonic hmm. with a Z, I mean, Zany, Zales, Zuckles, Zale. I don't know. Zuckle, Shadow, Zada, Zahado, Zahado, Zekta, Zahado, come here, Zelice, Jami. If you ever want to do an Italian accent, just name all the Zone Cops you can. Sonic, Zach the Weasel. That one works. That's Zach the Zizel. Zachary, wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> Zachary. So, yeah, Sonic Grams, it was great. Because you would write in letters. Now, since this is a comic book aimed at children, children did write in. So it's probably not fair to poke fun at some of these letters. They're adults now, so we can do much worse. <laughs> okay. And I mean, not. it wasn't only kids who wrote in. There were adults. I have... I have evidence of adults writing well, in. Well, there are adults with complaints that have written in, right. like, hey, why is Sally naked? And I well, remember... published? I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, There's in, no one else written that because well, Ken Penders at one point was in charge of the letter columns. Oh, and boy. And he responded, well, Sally's not naked. She's wearing a full-blown fursuit because that's what superheroes wear. She's a damn fursuiter. Right, I don't remember exactly... What issue that would be in? Because it, it doesn't sound familiar, but I mean, it I, could have happened. I, rem- I remember it. it, it, it yeah, but, I remember <clears throat> Sonic Grams. Yo. That's what it says. It says, yo, fellow freedom fighters. And there's a little a little bit of a spiel here. Um, are, they, are these responses written, like, as Sonic? Uh, some of them are, yes. See, Benji wants to know. Is this written as Sonic? Right. Like, this one is here. Yeah. This says... Yo, fellow freedom fighters, it's me, the fastest dude in the north, south, east, and west, and up, down, backward, and forward, for that matter. That's right, it's your numero uno bud, Sonic. Just the other day, I was talking to that big mouth editor, Scott. I said, hey, listen, pal, as a tribute to all my devoted fans who buy my very first 48-page special comic book, the comic you're reading now, I'll handle these Sonic Rampages by taking the readers on a guided tour that can't lose. <laughs> and you, my big editor buddy, can take a snooze. <laughs> Jeez. With that guy out of the way, I grabbed a stack of fan letters and juice back what to my What did he hut. do to Scott Fulop? I don't Roger, know. Roger Craig who? It was Scott Fulop at this Ryan point, Ryan right? who? Jason yeah, who? Yeah. Scott. Look at this voice actor we got here, boys. Well, there was, there was a couple Scott. of different... different Scots? Well, I don't know if there were a couple of different Scots. There were at least a couple of different... Yeah, Scott Fulop. Okay, yeah. Oh, right uh, yeah, so... With that guy out of the way, I... Gra- all right, uh, 
when he I murdered got, Scott Fulham. When I got there, it was a cold and stormy night, and all the other Freedom Fighters were asleep. Sitting in my favorite chair, a supply of chili dogs with melted jack cheese at my side for reading energy, I began to read. First, I came across this letter from a fan named Stephen Quinones from Prospect Park, New Jersey. Stephen writes... Smoothies? Smoothies, you liar. You love the comic just as much as us. <laughs> Dear Sonic, I'm Stephen, and I'm nine years old. And Stephen! And Stephen! <laughs> I think you're way past cool. This is... This is the first time I'm writing to comics, and I'm pretty excited. This is the first time I've written, period. I have a few questions. One, how old is Sally? Two, is is she she available? (laughs) What's her number? Give me the digits. What's her star sign? Is she Scorpio? I'm a Scorpio. Aquarius. Two, Will you ever marry Sally? Because <laughs> if not, my <laughs> lucky bachelor nine-year-old, I got the ring. <laughs> Three. If you marry Sally, will you ever have a baby named Baby Sonic? Sonic. He's 26 years old. Yes, so no, I'm, I'm Baby Sonic. <laughs> it's like Baby Huey, you know? Uh, Things like that. Sonic, the reason I'm writing about the third question is sometimes I'm playing that I have a baby named Sonic. But Baby Sonic can go the speed you can. But if you don't get a baby named Baby Sonic, then you can get a cousin who is just as fast as you two. (laughs) Then Sonic replies. Um, security. (laughs) Haste. How are they related? Why would that that make him his cousin? Hey, TJ, bend your cousin now. Hey, Steven, I think you're way past cool for writing to me. Sally is about 15 years old. <laughs> As for marrying Sally, check out my adventure, Wedding Bell Blues and Sonic the Hedgehog number 18, on sale now. That was not a real wedding. Oh, no, it wasn't. And as for having possible, I mean, as for, as for having children, check out my possible future at the end of the quest in this very issue. They didn't, they didn't show any children. Um, Did they? No, they're right there. Oh, those aren't real. Those, <laughs> those are fake. <laughs> robot children. Those are robot children. Everyone knows if you go fast, you're, you're Russian you're robot children. I like Russian how, because in this story... Where Sonic and Sally, it, it shows a good future where Sonic is king because that's what he would want to do. It's a good future, so so does that mean you've you've gotten Someone all the time stones future. and stuff? We've got all the time stones and all the robot generators have been destroyed. It's, it's a uh, good future. It's because the best future. It, it shows a, a young, a two young children. One looks exactly like Sonic on drugs, and one looks exactly like Sally wearing pants. But, but no shirt. No. Also on drugs. Also on drugs. Well... I mean, no. I think that baby Sonic. I mean, look at that baby Sonic. He's definitely on drugs. In that no, you're pointing at you're pointing at King Sonic. There's baby Sonic. Right yeah, there. he's got too big of pupils. Oh, well, there's pupils. Look at those. Yeah. There's definitely some drugs going on. There. I will have to say, King Max is still alive. God, dope fast. And he he looks pretty. He looks pretty spunky. Yeah, unlike you know, um, in the actual comic where Sonic is still a teenager and King Adrian looks like he's about to die at any moment. Yeah. <laughs> So I mean, I don't May. think they even, uh, <laughs> ha- at this point, had they rescued him from the, um... No, they hadn't. No, so... Oh, man, it's not a What happened to the letter I was reading? Oh, I guess that was... Yeah. 
Now, there's a couple other letters here which aren't as interesting. Did you finish? Did you finish the Sonic response? Yeah, he said check out the quest at the end of this issue. Oh, check he out didn't the He wasn't like he didn't like. Hey, dude, Quit that's my that's my lady. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no. But there is another very interesting letter in here. I don't know if I should get to that yet or if I should wait. Uh, do it now because we'll, we'll go on another tangent again. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Well. Because there's, like, uh, one where somebody asks about, you know, where Bunny Rabbit came from. There's one where, hey, look, it's a drawing of Sonic. And then somebody pitches their fan character. Um, I mean, I could read that one, but it's not the best one. Mephilista Dog? No, his name's Trigger. Duck? Yeah, sure. Dear, no, it says, Dear Sonic, I have a great idea for a freedom fighter. His name is Trigger. He used to be a pirate fighter at sea. He can shoot a fly off a wall 100 feet away with a six-shooter. Although he won't harm anyone, you can have him if you Except want. Except for him. flies, <laughs> you can have him if I'm giving him away for free. Exactly. Don't don't remind Penlins about that. Penlins do a six issue off. Please put him trigger in, your... in in LSC. Please put him in your comics and TV show. He is very good at sailing. <laughs> He's perfect for Sonic Rush Adventure. Right. Huh? Please print my letter. <laughs> He, he's actually for a lot of stuff, isn't he? Sorry, my letter is my character. He. Sonic's response. It, that, hey, how dare you? <laughs> Sonic's this response is, is clearly you don't. We, we don't have a contract or anything. Uh, hey, we don't. We don't uh, accept no. unsolicited emails. Thanks, kid. But no, hey, you get off. <laughs> now that that letter. Go to hell. <laughs> that letter came from Amy Swope of New Hope, Virginia. Amy Swope from New Hope. Yeah. And and then they actually drew a little trigger ID concept. That's pretty there. good. That's like, pretty good. But what was, I mean, was that? Was that Archie who drew that? Not Amy. Oh, Archie drew that. Oh, they were that's like, nice. "Hey, this you mean like this? Cool." I, as oh. far as I know, Trigger never shows up in any story. Uh, no, but here's she, the best Amy should sue them if they ever the reboot. Yeah. They, they should put in a lot. In, I mean, she basically say says that. you can have them if you want him. I mean, take is that a, a legal binding thing? Probably, right? David, take a screenshot of that and tweet it to Ian Flynn. Be like, hey, Ian, don't forget about this character. You don't forget Trigger, the best character in the whole canon. I, I, like I think you're right, because, like, technically th- that, that's a pseudo-contract because they were like, you can have this if mm-hmm. you want print now, my letter. Who, <laughs> like, who owns like, it? Does Sonic own it? Does Sega own it? Does Archie own it? Who read the letter? Sonic. Sonic Ooh. owns it. Who owns Sonic? Ken Penders. <laughs> this is the best letter in this issue. As I started to get sleepy, I took the last bites of my last chili dog and read my last letter from Tammy. Uh, I don't know. It's F-E-H-R. Fur. Yeah. Of Bedford, Texas. Dear Sonic Ram Associates. LLC <laughs> trademark restricted copyright <laughs> under penalty of law. By reading this letter, you are accepting the terms and conditions. <laughs> <laughs> if you are found in violation of the terms and conditions, without express written consent <laughs> from me and my lawyers, we will sue you. <laughs> and then it's just like. Hey, how's it going? So someone else wrote you about a character named Trigger. If Trigger appears or if you do any kind of artist rendition of that concept, I will sue you. <laughs> you are in violation of my legal rights. I will sue you in court. <laughs> 
Ken Penders. <laughs> I mean, Cammy Penders. <laughs> Pen Kenders. I mean, whatever name I said earlier. <laughs> Pam. Sincerely, little girl. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so after all the legal jargon. Right, after all the legal <laughs> jargon, okay. In issue number 11, you said that Dr. Robotnik is obsessed with robots. Well, I mean, I, you can't, I guess you can't argue with that. He just uses them for everything. But right. I mean, he just, he just changed his name from Kintobor to Robotnik. Just for the heck of it. Well, no, but I mean, that was just putting it in reverse. That was necessary uh, to do. Do you robots. think he wrote his name and then put it up to a mirror and was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like in like in Batman versus Dracula, where he writes Alucard, and yeah. for no reason puts it up and goes, oh, "It's being Dracula." <laughs> like, it's like you're supposed to be the world's greatest detective. You can't I like tell. The story. Oh yeah, I remember that. Right. Oh jeez. Right, because in the in your face special, there is a two page story where you're supposed to hold it up to the mirror to read. I didn't have to, though. Well, no. I'm not good. <laughs> he just made it up as you went along. My man knows. <laughs> it was uh, like, heck, did you? It's like, easy, guys. It's like the Red Dwarf episode backwards. I'm sorry, David. Right, okay. It's a lot to unpack in this letter. Right. So you said that Dr. Robotnik is obsessed with robots. We got through the first sentence. Well, I am obsessed with him. It's Thunderbolt, isn't it? Oh, my gosh. I have a bad case of puppy love for the evil but lovable megalomaniac. Woo! Benji's well, not enjoying this, oh, so no. no. This is getting hot. No. What is his first name, and how old is he? Julian. <laughs> is he a feminist? He is so <laughs> handsome, and his smile makes my heart skip a beat. Is his, fa- is his mustache fake? <laughs> but I have one problem. What has happened to his personality on the Saturday morning show? Hmm. I I liked him better in the good old days, back when he was just starting out on his quest for world domination. So, I like someone who's attempting to reach their goal, but once they've achieved it, I lose all interest. It's, you know, she's essentially saying, I liked Hitler when he was in art school, or trying to go into art school. (laughs) Right. I, I have a response to that, but if this wasn't a G-rated show, I could, I could say it. <laughs> Perhaps he just needs a date. I'm available. Oh, God. <laughs> Please, pass this in, pass this information oh. and the enclosed photo onto No. The enclosed... Children, no. It's just the enclosed instruction book. Enclosed photo. <laughs> But, right. please, but please don't print this in the book, or I will sue you. Can they, can they, they can't legally do that, right? Well, I mean, she said pass it on, and it's in the book. Well, with with parental consent, right? I but don't they know can't. how old she is. She's behind a driver's wheel. She's at least old enough to drive. I don't... That makes it worse. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, you're 16, and you're... I don't know. She that's really weird. has the hots. For the Robotnik. He's not liking it. He's not liking this. Just look. Okay, please pass this information and the enclosed photo on to him. Do you think he'll be interested? Oh, one more thing. Is there any Robotnik Gram service where I can write directly to my love? No, he just steal. Have you not read issue 25? He just steals Sonograms and uh-huh. reads it himself. So he should have stolen this yeah. letter. That would have been a very different issue 25. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would not have happened. He would have gone and tracked down this little girl and uh, been like, I'm going to talk to your parents. You right. should not be writing strange letters to strange men. Hey, listen, Tammy. Did that snake doctor Ivo Robotnik roboticize your brain? He's a dirty, low-down, no-good, backbiting, evil blimp. How could you love him? Sorry, but it's my sworn duty to protect the innocent from old Baldy. No way I'm going to fix you up with that tyrant. I'm spoken for, but I think those editor guys, Scott, Paul, and Victor at Archie Comics are single. Oh my god. Why don't you give them a call and stay away from RoboGummy? Wow. I mean, I knew Archie were messed up. But holy crap, that is... <laughs> that, is that is that is the equivalent of Insonitude. And then we're like, there goes my creator. My he doesn't have brother. a girlfriend. Maybe one day. <laughs> and you know that Scott full of writing that, right? Right. He's like, hey, oh. you know, Tammy doesn't look too bad. Maybe uh, I could swing by. Oh, oh, oh I forgot. Scott Shaw oh. is... He did. He made something oh. else after the miniseries. That's See, so that, that art is good. It's yeah, it's Scott Shaw. Shaw. Yeah, it's good stuff. Yeah, that's why he, what, is also suing Archie, right? Oh, he is? Yeah, well, well, he said he was going to. There might be some sort of, like, legal thing, but I don't, I don't know. Who isn't suing Archie? Scott Fulop, who, yeah, who was I'm the editor Archie. on this issue, right. is currently suing, so. That is well, true. Cool. I don't know, to date little girls. Hey, she's not little. She's at least 16, right? That's not legal in this country. Uh, it depends what state. <laughs> Let's not talk about this. Look, oh, I don't know where... Uh, look, I'm I'm assuming... I can't tell how old she is in this picture. It looks like she has a mullet. <laughs> it's, it's actually Billy Ray Cyrus. Oh, well then it was perfectly legal. It's it's Superman after he comes back from the dead. <laughs> uh, I mean, who wouldn't want a piece of it's that? It's Nightwing. <laughs> with with the uh, disco suit. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. that's the my disco favorite. gliding suit. That's my favorite Sonogram's letter. So oh. Archie Comics, what a company! Denying eh? love I between know. A, an eagle, e- eagle, an eagle, between an eagle. What was that? What was that thing we were doing in the last in the last issue episode? Flying eagle woman. Oh, it's oh, uh. It's- Oh, is it white eagle? White eagle woman. <laughs> Why are you so bad to me? <laughs> white eagle woman. Oh no, it was white vulture woman. White vulture woman. Why are you so bad to me? I like how the tone, like like the genre of song changed from eagle to vulture. When it was eagle, it was like jock rock. <laughs> but then, like when it was, when it's vulture, it's like eighties hair metal. Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, David, you have your, your collection with you. What are yeah. some of your your favorites? Well, I mean, I guess it depends on your definition of favorite. Favorite is in the worst ones that are hilarious, and the favorite ones that are actually good. Uh-huh. Favorite of anything, anything pre one sixty, because we've done oh, pre one sixty we, because we we've covered a, a good chunk of that in this in this. Uh, well, it, it's just something past that as well, but that cover looks horrible. Uh, what are you one. talking about? That's a, <laughs> right, I'm, I'm sure it's, super, it's a super. It's Sonic Super Special Number yeah. Eight. It's the one with what is with the Amy? This is this Amy. is during Spaz's uh, anime phase, right? This Spaz, yeah. yeah. That <laughs> Sonic is is like it's super stylized. Yes. But I think it's awesome. Spaz, what happened? See, Sonic Super Special Number Eight is the one that 
it, oh, is that the one that introduces Zonic Zonic, or is that oh just God? Because I can't remember. Uh, if I, only I we had the look at it, Sonic Comic Encyclopedia oh. with us. I, I, I have, I have two like copies that. of that. The correct, the, like the fixed copy and the, um, you the copy that cuts you off You can't buy that file. anymore, and it's no. annoying because I wanted to, I wanted to get it, but you can't. Yeah, I mean, I, I have it, just not with me because I don't put it in my comic box because it was on my bookshelf, yeah. which I didn't bring because I didn't bring my. You didn't bring your bookshelf? How dare you! Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Go back to Michigan and come back with that. Consider it church. But yeah, I mean, if we were gonna talk like. Pre-160 <laughs> issues I liked, liked, not hey, look, just, it's a, it's not just ironically, and not ironically, like, ones I legitimately liked, um, I mean, I definitely enjoyed the Sonic CD adaptation. Back 25 then. is my favorite. 25 is pretty fantastic, even though, technically, I don't own the, f uh, the first printing. I only have the one that they just re-released, or republished. Really? I, because I, I read it, I didn't have it though huh. now once I went to a comic book show uh, the Motor City Comic Con a couple yeah. years back and I was flipping through uh, one of the seller Sonic sections and I was really I was picked up a couple and there sitting was issue 25 50 bucks like no it was like not even 10 I got really excited really? I grabbed it I bought it yeah I took it home I pulled it out of the of the sleeve it was just a box of eggs and I went oh no the cover is disconnected from the rest of the comic. And that upset me, but I was like... And it wasn't even the... Oh. I opened it up. Tales miniseries number two is inside. No. Oh. And I went... Oh, no! He went... <laughs> oh, heck! Oh, heck. I got very upset because... Yeah, that's, that, that's not cool, whoever saw that to David, you jerk. Because I don't think they knew. And if I had, like, opened it at the time... You can killed... figure that out pretty easy, because at the bottom of that, it it says what issue. The, the, the front page says what issue. Right. I mean, it was Tales issue, too. Like, I knew it when I opened it. Because I, I was like, oh, man, I can't wait to read it. And I'm like, this isn't the right art. That's this is just... the wrong issue. This is the... <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, that was upsetting. It was, but... what, Gallagher? Yeah, it was Gallagher. Yeah. And I'm like... This is a spaz issue, not a Gallagher issue. But, um, you know, it, it, it's been reprinted a million times. Yeah. But I'm, I still want a copy of 25. Well, like a the other copy. thing is, they change the dialogue in it. So the original, there's a, Sally has this original line yeah. that is, Hey, I wonder if Princess Di has days like this. Yeah. Ooh. Princess Di has been dead for... A, a, a long, long time. A long time. It makes no sense. Why would Moby? Why would Mobians make reference to our world? It's Mobius is Earth. Yeah, Mobius is from the is Earth in the future. Yeah. But they change it recently. I think with I think the first time they changed it was, it was archives. Yeah, and they change it to I wonder if Princess Leia has days like which this. is also like an explicit. Pop culture. Also, oh, she just died, but, and that's that's too soon. Oh, this no, was before that. It's too soon, it's damn it. You're right. <clears throat> Go ahead, make it my day. I don't know. I think I think Leia, like it's it's a. I think, I think Leia might be more universal than Princess Die. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Like I, I mean, Princess Di was a great woman. She did a lot of good things, but. Yeah. Yeah. You know. 
Yeah, I mean, I just I don't think it was, if you are if you aren't you know alive when that the tragedy happened, I don't think you're gonna actually know her. Yeah, I mean, it was far more topical at the time. Yeah, because she was alive and everyone went, "Whoa, that's cool." Although I don't know how many kids were actually interested in the fact that Princess Di was referenced in an issue. My mom was pretty interested. Oh. She had the she had the dolls. Your mom would be interested in <laughs> But yeah. I, I wrote into Sonograms being like, You mentioned Princess Di. Can you can you please have Princess Di meet my mom? <laughs> I don't know. What else did I like? Um I'll admit, issue nineteen. Is that the? Isn't that the first uh, uh, anti-sonic? Um, no, the first anti-sonic is issue eleven. Oh, that's the second one. That's the one that yeah, introduces idiots. the whole. Con- Even I knew that. Like uh, issue eleven is where the, they introduce the concept of the I cosmic interstate, <laughs> and that Sonic that he meets his evil twin. Mm-hmm. Nineteen is the one that introduces oh, it's the, the cover. full yeah, where they're faced off with each other. Right, the full. Like, this oh. is 19. I keep making a fool of myself. Right. Because, because as I was reading Sonic the Hedgehog, I was also a comic book fan in general. Yeah. And the idea of introducing a Sonic multiverse was very exciting to me, especially as I learned more about Sonic over the years. Yes. The fact that the comic is different from both TV shows, <laughs> different from the games, and then all the other further nonsense See, as time went on. If if Sega was more... Sega was a little more willing to get behind that concept. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think everything would be better. Right. So I wish that Sega would embrace it the way, um, like you know, other like, brands like Transformers. Yeah, Transformers. Like there's there's clear the different nin- ones. Yeah, or like the Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles. Like that's the big one where they know there's multiple versions mm-hmm. and they embrace them all, and they have them meet each other. Yeah. I mean, I guess classic and modern, but. That's still clearly, this is baby Sonic, and this is him after puberty. Right? I think that the games, I know this has nothing to do with the comics, but classic Sonic, I can't imagine him being a year or two younger. Like, not even... Okay, what I mean is, you have Sonic CD. Yeah. We know the little planet disappears for like a year, Mm -hmm. like 11 months. It's reintroduced in Sonic 4, that's modern Sonic. So between CD and 4, about a year has passed. And then I would say between Sonic 4 and where we are now, maybe another year has passed. Mm. So I think, even though Classic Sonic looks younger, I mean, he was designed by Oshima to be around 18 years of age. Then Sega said, oh, he's between 15 and 16. The U.S. said he's definitely 16. Then when Adventure came out, Japan went, no, he's definitely 15. Hmm. So I, I, I don't see... Classic Sonic as a kid or a baby, I just yeah. see him as that's an alternate, uh, uh, a separate artistic interpretation see, of the character. I never thought that. Like I, I, because I, you know, once I got Adventure, uh-huh. I was like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. Like, like I, you know, I wasn't, I wasn't like, I, I didn't hate the redesign. You know, I liked it. Yeah. I was just like, he's clearly gone through some physical changes that he had to talk to his parents about um, like it's just it's just so blatant like there's the, and you know if you put dreamcast sonic in the middle right. it is kind of an evolution where oh hey um sonic is, is chubby oh but he's losing that baby fat and he's starting to get some acne 
hair in different places. If I remember correctly, uh, he changed because he was holding on to a super emerald, and he ran across the planet. Yes. And that's how he transformed, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that is that is I'm how I remember it. <laughs> oh, boy. Oh, uh, man. Issue number 71. Not the best. And no. unfortunately inspired by a Seinfeld episode, which is, of course, where I go to. Is it? It's backwards. It says right here. Sonograms. Off panel. It's just the... There's no letters. It just <clears> says... Um, where? I know it, it mentions it in some regard. No, this is not an illusion or some kind of blah, blah, blah. We Oh, hey. Hey! If a popular sitcom can do it, why not us? Huh. As in, the backup happens, and then the main story is in reverse. <clears throat> but Sonic Adventure's coming soon. Coming soon. I wonder why they changed Sonic's look. Maybe because Sonic Adventure is coming soon. Oh. Uh. All these stories that I remember liking, and then I reread, and I'm like, oh. Yeah, well, just, too bad. You know. Carl Ballers wasn't the best Sonic writer in the world. Oh, he, that was Ken you know, Penders. Was, oh, right. oh, yeah. I mean, that, that is one of the, See, I don't think... I, I mean, I'm sure this has been discussed to death. It's just the writers of pre-160, none of them wanted to write exactly. Sonic. You, well, and you you look at their art, and you uh, look at their... none of them are fans either. Really, no, I didn't play no. the games, you, did they? But if you look at like the pencilers, mm-hmm. and you look at the stories that the people are writing, they're all trying to r- get as close as they can to write what they want. Right. It's like, hey, you know, I really like DC Comics. Let's write, let's write a multiverse story. I really like Marvel Comics. Let's write a spoof of the Fantastic Four, and then later be like, nah, Fantastic Four isn't cool. Let's change it to Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, and then it's just like, oh, hey, you know, next ship, I really like Star Wars. I would love to work for Dark Horse and draw the Star Wars comics. Let's draw next ship is the Millennium Falcon. Like, so clearly, every single person who worked on this book did not want to work on this book. They wanted to work on the, on other franchises that they liked more. And some of them just like, I'm sorry, but whoever approved Ron Lim to draw this book... Which needed needed to be fired because Ron Lim is not a bad artist. Well, no, right? but I, well, I, as we've as we've gone over in the past, just because you can draw humans really well, yeah. Yeah. doesn't mean you can draw cartoony animals really well. I mean, like as we said before, Tracy Yardley has said he finds it hard to draw humans in the Sonic style. Like, like aside from Eggman, if he would, he, like, so say, um, if Tracy had to do like a a unleashed adaptation, he, in his own words. He would find it difficult to adapt those like cartoony human designs mm-hmm. into the Sonic world. I think I think the thinking behind Ron Lim was one of two things. Um, it was either, "Hey, Ron Lim is a successful comic book artist. Let's put him on this book. You know that'll get people excited." Or it was two, "Hey, I'm Ken Penders. I want to work for Image. Let's get Ron Lim in here so I can get my nose into Image." Oh man, I love Image. You know why? <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. Spawn crossover episode. The Spawn. Oh, it's so good! It's so good. Where is it? Right it's here. not even a. It's not even a real like. You barely see Image characters this for like any any bit of it. Right. You see the Sonic Super Special number seven, Parallel Paradigm. It's a fantastic tale about Sonic the Hedgehog <clears throat> meeting the Lost Ones. Um, Mulder and Scully from the X Files, <laughs> and I guess Spawn. 
It's well, never said. It's just some weird kind of cloaked figure in the shadows. Yeah. Well, Isn't they that... they show they show um, like all those characters on the cover for at least a page. Right. Well, some of them are a bit more involved in the plot. Uh, what's his face? Like... Shadowhawk. Uh, is, she, is it Shadowhawk in this? Yeah, Shadowhawk. That yeah. kid. I mean, he's the point of contact with. He's like, hey, I know who Sonic the Hedgehog is. He definitely um, does something with Sally that we probably shouldn't talk about. Um, and right, he's the one that sees the Sonic cast pop up in. Is this New York? I don't know. I think it was New York. Yeah. New Donk City. New Donk City. <laughs> right, because uh, Agent Wolf Scolder and Lana Mully are investigating the appearance of the Sonic the Hedgehog characters, which. I guess wouldn't like that would be a weird thing if they didn't exist in the image universe where there is clearly a character named Savage Dragon running around who is giant and green mm-hmm. and you like there's Shadowhawk, there's Velocity, like she runs real fast. There's the chip hack on. Whoever the heck Union is. And yeah. um I feel like there, is there got, one more? I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. Oh my god, oh, the Max. The Max. I completely I, forgot the Max. Holy crap. <clears throat> yeah, Sonic yeah. met the Max. Did you not oh know that? I knew... I, sh- what the heck? The image crossover is one of those weird things where you're like, why in the world oh, is this happening? Batman's in Arkham Asylum right there, next to Popeye's cell. And, and Spider-Man. Clearly did not want ha, to be drawn. Has in. this ever been reprinted? No. No. I wonder why. Even when they scanned the cover and put it in, like, Sonic Mega Collection, the image characters are removed. I believe the first time they kept uh, the Lost Ones person on the bottom, but I think that they might have even gotten rid of her eventually. Oh, the Lost Ones, of course, being Ken Pender's magnum opus, which only had one issue, but, you know. Uh, what, best-selling comic? Best-selling comic, yeah. I own. He sells he sells uh, prints of the second issue's cover. That's so weird because the second yeah. issue never came out. Yeah, he blames. Oh, just like everything else, he's what does he blame? Tried to I don't. Put out. I don't know what he blames. I, I can't forget. remember. Well, because he blames he, he he blame the knuckles on the Phantom Menace coming out. What? <laughs> How? Well, because he doesn't even like Star Wars. He said what it was is that um, you know the um, the newsstand market. Like Toys R Us and stuff, yeah. they could only have so many books on the shelf at the time. And because The Phantom Menace was coming out and Dark Horse was releasing so many different Star Wars comics, they had to move certain things. So Knuckles just had no place to go. And so people, less people were buying it, and Archie axed it. That's why he says the, the Knuckles numbers went down. It's not because he introduced Great Babe and not Craven the Hunter. Now, Craven the Hunter is the best course, character nothing, nothing in not is, Spider-Man. Nothing <laughs> is ever Ken Pender's fault. Pender's, Pender's uh, is life. Pender's <laughs> is perfection. I wonder what? if he just sits in a room that, that's only illuminated by uh, Twitter on his, <laughs> on his computer, and then the rest of the room is just like um, a beautiful mind-esque of just like push pins of like, <laughs> like Knuckles dead equals Phantom Menace followed by... <laughs> Well, I feel Ken Penders has admitted at least two stories he wrote were bad, I think. Which two? Just two. Um, Itch. I'm trying to remember what the first one was, but the second, I believe, were the last three issues of Knuckles the Echidna, which introduced yeah. Not Craven the Hunter. And that was because 
the book had been axed. He is mad. He is writing something, and he's <clears> like, this isn't good because I am upset and not putting my all into it. So he acknowledged the flaws in the final arc of Knuckles and Kitna. If I remember correctly, you know what? It, you know, to, I, I, I can I can understand that. I can right. you know if you know yeah. yeah, that's fair. Right now, All the right. other one I can't remember, but he s- does defend Sonic Live and has said that if a parent comes up and says, "Hey, I would like to buy Sonic comics for my kid. Where should I start?" He suggests Sonic Live. Why? Why is there an issue? Why in this Sonic the Hedgehog comic book, uh-huh. comic book for kids? Uh huh. Do we have a panel where Agent Scully is pointing a very realistic gun at somebody and screaming, don't move, don't even twitch? I don't want that. That's kind of... She doesn't like watching people streaming video if games. If it was Shadow, <laughs> if it was Shadow, I would go for it. My name is Shadow. I'm the world's ultimate Dana Scully. <laughs> Shadow basketball? I only got this for the uh, free ticket offer for Rugrats the movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's a good special. It's a good special. It's, it is definitely a product of its time. Uh, yeah. Why? Yeah. Well, I mean, the yeah, the the image crossover. I think it was a case where, hey, we're not going to be able to have Sonic and the Flash meet, but for whatever reason, image is happening. I, well, I, I just imagine like Todd McFarlane being like, "What? Well, there is okay. An, there is the very first page is an explanation as to how the crossover came to be, or maybe the second page, like." There is a text piece. If you want to read it aloud. That's pretty long, but... As this is audio. From the editor's desk. Uh Uh-huh. Have you ever thought about how a certain string of events brought you from point A arrived to point Z? Why don't you say from point A to point... That's not the same. Each event that occurred affecting the next, like, falling dominoes, it was from such a, in quotation marks... Domino effect, mm-hmm. the crossover between Sonic the Hedgehog and the heroes of Image Comics emerged. Now, I am no stranger to intercompany crossovers. Ooh. As an assistant editor at Marvel Comics, I worked on Punisher Batman Deadly Nights, in brackets, co published by Marvel and DC Comics, and the unlikely <laughs> crossover of Archie Meets the Punisher. Oh, that's such a good book. Why are Co- we talking pub- about that? I, I, I legit want to read that. Like, I, I have I have the variant of that, too. Dude, bring it over <laughs> next time you come. Um, it's Sonic. Sonic's in it as a balloon. As a balloon. But, you know, uh, he's in it. I knew, based on my experience working <clears throat> on these two crossovers, this project would be a lot of fun, but at the same time, a tremendous amount of work for all involved. Getting but back at the to- same time, I wish it was something else. Getting back to our domino effect, this issue begins with two brothers. It's just called Two Brothers. <laughs> it's just, uh, two, two, two Brothers. Joel and Aaron Valentino, who are big fans of Sonic and Knuckles comics, as fate would have it, their father is Jim Valentino, creator of Shadowhawk and huh. co-founder of Image Comics. Wanting to do something for yeah. his kids, <clears throat> Jim contacted Paul Castillo. Castillo. Okay. Uh, yes. Promotional director here at Archie Comics, and wondered if he could illustrate a pinup of Sonic. He had so much fun drawing that pinup, it printed in Sonic issue 60, that he was interested in penciling a Sonic story. I asked Sonic and Knuckles regular Ken Penders <coughs> to collaborate with Jim on a story that could fit within Jim's busy schedule. They came back to me with a synopsis outlining this huge intercompany crossover. 
I quickly dusted myself off after falling out of my chair and immediately <laughs> set out to make this proposal <clears throat> into, the, into the reality you unfortunately now hold in your hands. Now that we're at point Z, I'd like to thank Jim, Ken, Spaz, and everyone else for their hard work producing this book. A big in quotation marks thanks also goes out to the powers that be in Image Comics. That just sounds like a big like, yeah, thanks for nothing. Thanks for letting us use Savage Dragon for one page. Why put thanks in quotation marks? That's so weird. Um, for allowing Sonic Knuckles and the Freedom Fighters to play in their backyard. Last but not least, a special thanks should go out to Aaron and Joe Valentino. Aaron Weber? Oh, okay. Without their interest in our blue blur and rad red. Is that what they call Knuckles? He's called red. red red. I call him Red Sonic. <laughs> <laughs> they call I, I me call Red him, Sonic. I call him Punchy Sonic. Um, <clears throat> there'll be no point A to begin with. So sit back, relax, read on, and enjoy. Catch you on the flip side, Justin, Freddie, Gabri. You didn't know they used to call, like, uh, Sonic and Knuckles would call each other Rad Red and True Blue? Rad Red is, like, the, the worst nickname ever. I like how so you're saying that because you're not Red. I, I like how this whole issue is dedicated to Chris <clears throat> in brackets and quotation marks. I made this exclamation point, Carter. So the whole crossover <clears throat> is... So at this point then, did Image have the, the rights to um, X-Files? No. So did they just put Moto and Scully in here? Well, they have different names, but I mean, they look... No, they the, don't. No, they yeah, do. Yeah, it's, it's Scalder and Molly. Yeah. Oh, it is? Yeah. I, I could saw that thing with a gun, she says... Oh, yeah, what happened to... How are they not sued for this? Because nobody read this. Good point, well made. Also, I think it falls under parody, right? Because... Not when they look exactly like David the Coffey and Gillian Anderson. Uh, I just don't understand how they could be part of the plot, because... Why do you insult them like that, Gareth? What? Why do you insult them? They look not... <laughs> like, the... you're calling them ugly. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So was that the original <clears throat> season 10 of The X-Files, or...? Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God, this this... This image pinup with like Sonic and oh my, this is horrible. I'm sorry you kind of guys can't see this, but this whole issue. The Sonic characters look pretty good. That mouth is way too big on Knuckles. <laughs> I, I did not spaz. need. I did not need to see Knuckles tonsils <laughs> in that image. That's a good picture. <clears throat> I, good pic- oh I like God. it. That, I, you know what? As, as bad as that is, great picture. Great nothing picture. is as terrible as the good Sonic Supreme crossover. That is pretty That terrible. is one of the worst uh, things ever made yep. by, by man. Didn't yeah. need to see Knuckles' tonsils. That's, That's good, it's good, it's good, because he's like, you know, you uh, need to make sure everything's good down there. I like how I like how Sally and Bunny are at the top with the... the um, in Savage Dragon's hand. And they're just like, we're going to stay in this uh, continuity. <laughs> uh, 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 I'm a fan of Image Comics. Image <laughs> And then oh. Ken went on to release the first issue of The Lost Ones. Was that through Image? Yes, it was. Yes, and I mean, The Lost Ones was... Did it sell really badly? Which is why there's no issue Probably. doing? Probably. I mean... I, I mean, that was... If it had <clears throat> sold gangbusters, I'm sure issue two would have come out. We but there were probably look up the, the sales figures on it. I mean, I think he did explain that when did it Image... I think at the time, like, Image was trying to expand, 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 and then it kind of contracted in on itself a little bit. Yeah. Because Image was going through something. Well, it was a boom, and right. then... 
Like, you can't sustain that. Exactly. I mean, but, a million copies of, of Youngbloods? Please. Yeah, but I mean, because this crossover is the culmination of Ken Pender's master plan. Like, this this is the, the key to everything that Ken Pender's ever played. He used the yeah. pen. Ken Pender's didn't even want to be on Sonic. He wanted to do his own stuff well, in, in Image. No, I mean... Right? Well, cause, okay, <clears throat> the Image crossover is the thing that glues together everything that Ken Pender's did and wanted to oh, do with the comic. Um, if you read it, um, there they explain that, one... The unnamed villain of the piece. Ian Droid. Yeah, he, yeah, he's Dr. Droid, who is an alternate version of Dr. Robotnik. Uh, he's an alternate version of Robo-Robotnik, who has found a new body. Like how, in <laughs> After Sonic Adventure, Robo-Robotnik mm -hmm. looked like Eggman from that game. He comments that him and Knuckles have fought, but Knuckles doesn't know about it yet because it's in the future. There implying is that, a... that is supposed that's <laughs> meant to be the finale of the original Moby or Knuckles twenty years later, and isn't that the bad dream that Locke has to yes. throw him into the microwave? Yes, that's what happens. Locke, <laughs> right? So Locke throws Knuckles in a microwave because he dreams about Knuckles fighting the villain of the Lost Ones in the future. Yeah, and that robot you see being built in Ken Pender's other favorite issue, Sonic, Sonic Live. Live. So. This crossover and Sonic Live, which which are considered two of the worst issues of the run, are but, key but, but pieces. Can, but can defend them both. Well, they're mm -hmm. key pieces of his overall arc because those are all supposed to lead into Mobius twenty five year, years later, the final battle between uh, Robotnik and everyone else. Because issue fifty is like that's the time Sonic defeats Robotnik. The wasn't it supposed to end like everyone thought fifty would be yeah. the end? Right, because. Um, at that point, most licensed comics, especially when a TV show had been canceled, didn't survive long after that. Yeah. You know, ALF didn't last much longer after that series wasn't, was canceled. Didn't, didn't Sadie originally die in that as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so was, was she just kept alive when it was like, we're not ending here? So it was yeah. like, okay, gotta keep her alive. Which is weird. Don't just come out of his coma. It, it's weird because Sally is clearly shown. Oh, alright. Sally is clearly shown alive. In the good future, uh, that's shown in uh, Sonic the Hedgehog future. in Your Face, which explains the origin of Nicole. Now, it, Ken Penders wrote that story, but then when he was writing Endgame, he was like, oh, "I'm going to kill off Sally. We're going to add this moment of gravitas, and you know, if the series ends here, that's fine. If it <clears> continues on, he had the idea of bringing Sally back as a robot, and then a year later, you would find out that she was she really did die in issue 47, which is uh, they did that whole um, recap issue." That was Sonic. Uh, Sonic plugged into this thing and recapped everything. Uh, and yeah. like, oh, it's been a while. Was like everyone was like a robot, and then they weren't. Oh yeah, and it, <laughs> everyone was a robot, then they would. Then no, they had fried yeah. chicken and went home. The yeah. end. In issue fifty-one, he has a bad dream where everyone, yeah, is roboticized and coming after yeah. him, and then he gets snapped out of it because Uncle Chuck is able to plug into his mind and is like, hey, you're having a bad dream, and they're like, who did this? I wonder who did this. A plot point which is kind of hung in the air, and I guess you could say it was robo-robotic, maybe, who knows, who cares. But, so, I mean, Ken Penders had an idea in In Your Face for a good a good ending, but then he, took a, he was going to take a risk by killing off Sally and having her actually dead. When he was told he can't do that by the editor... Then the pieces came into play where, oh, now I'm going to write Knuckles. And he had yeah. all these grand ideas of, a, of an overarching saga where 
50 became the first defeat, and then Robo-Robotnik would be defeated by Knuckles in the future, and then Sonic would have to diffuse Knuckles' energy, and then the 20-slash-25 years later arc would happen, and that would culminate in Knuckles once again defeating Robo-Robotnik, who would then become Dr. Droid, go into an alternate universe, encounter the Lost Ones, and then encounter Knuckles in the past. <laughs> Ken Panders My wa- brain hurts Because he desperately wanted to create a universe That Marvel did He wanted to be the next Jack Kirby He yep. wanted to do Fantastic Four The he problem is though You need talent for that <laughs> Oh Yeah that's the thing Ken has He had a lot of grand ideas But he didn't know how to apply them correctly When you Like if you look at the Knuckles series I would say Maybe like, the few, few arcs are fine. When they introduce all the echidnas, it's like, well, this might go off the rails. But he was still doing some okay things, even if Locke was a terrible parent. Because he didn't re- he didn't reconnect with his son until issue 25. And then it was just very brushed under the, under the rug. Yeah, like, that took it... That was an issue instead of the three-issue arcs that he had done. Now, th- this is a series that spent three <clears throat> issues... Where Knuckles the Echidna asked Julie Sue out on a date. Yeah. That was three issues long. Is that, is that the one with the, the artwork of, like, Vector dancing with that? At that one, yes. With like, and then there's the panel of, like, Knuckles <clears throat> kissing her, and they, they all they're like, <laughs> like human proportions, and then, right. like, bodies and muscles. It's oh. just... Did, who drew that? Was that, was that Pendler's artwork? No, it wasn't. It was, it was uh, I think that, that artist only drew that issue. Or, those I, issues. I recently just <clears throat> bought the first Knuckles archives. Because it was yeah, cheap, and I was drunk. I haven't read it yet, but I'm toying with if I should get the rest because I do I do hate myself. Oh, no, that was Pender's because it was the miniseries, right? And he went on a date. Where is that? Knuckles, where's your date? Where, where's your date? Knuckles, where's your date? I do. I, something I really like about the Knuckles comics is that they had the combining covers. Yeah. That was pretty cool. Like uh, the whole the whole story arc would have like a combining cover. I will how many, give. How many, <clears throat> oh, this this is the date arc, I believe. Now, what what I will give Ken credit for is that nothing. He gets <laughs> nothing. Good day, sir. <laughs> In the Knuckle series, he wrote three issue arcs, where it's like here's a beginning, a middle, and an end. Because most modern comic books, it's like here's the four issue miniseries, the six issue miniseries, where things yeah. are stretched out. He, he at least had the restraint to be like, I want it in three parts. Like, I want trilogies instead of <clears throat> sextologies or whatever. And, but once Knuckles ended, he definitely didn't know how to pace himself anymore. <laughs> the cover says, Entered the exotic and exciting world of Knuckles. I was, in, I, was, I, was I skimmed it. I thought it said, Enter the erotic and exciting world of Knuckles. The Echidna. Well, I mean, that, that is the arc where he, he goes on a date. Oh. It's pretty erotic. Nipples the enchilada. I mean, it, it's, it's very erotic. It's essentially erotic. issue one Knuckles goes. Erotic cakes. Issue one Knuckles wants to ask Julie Sue out on a date. Issue two Knuckles asks Julie Sue out on a date. Issue three <clears throat> Knuckles goes on a date with Julie Sue. And look, yeah. on, on this cover, the cover of part two, is that meant to be Knuckles and Julie Sue? No, that's the um, that's another person. Because I was like, because it looks just like Knuckles. I'm like, why? Like, they they, they, all they have the Chewbacca belt. Yeah, that's how you can tell. They also, all look have just like Knuckles. knuckles. <laughs> that's why, like, there was the, um, that my two favorite images. There's the, the, the uh, Knuckles family that I think Ken drew. And it's like uh, identical Knuckles with yeah. just, like, hats and wigs and stuff. 
but then there's that page, that I, which I, I forgot. I forget the issue, but like Tracy drew like the Knuckles family, and they all look different, like different yeah. body shapes and sizes and different faces. It's like mm-hmm. that's what happens when you have a artist with talent. <sighs> Take a stupid concept like that yeah. and try to do something with it. I, I I like Manny Gallon's art. What about the Discover? Yeah, you know, yeah, Discover. I mean, it's, <clears throat> it's still a bit too, like, long and slightly anime esque. Yeah, but you know, it's, I would again take you, you take have this to, over you have to, you have to remember this is this is the late nineties. Anime was the thing. Anime was the thing. It was. Hmm? Well, you can touch. Yeah. You, you can touch. You it. can touch it. It's yeah. out. He's talking, he's talking it. about his comic books. Right. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> this is a G-rated podcast, after all. All right. I mean, oh. here's issue twenty-five. Okay, how many oh. how many issues? That how the, many issues did Knuckles go to? Um, it's where he meets his dad. I don't remember if there's a wedding in the same issue. Where his mom gets remarried? I, I or do is that later. That's a good question. Oh, wait. <clears throat> Did his mom get married in the super special where Angel Island disappears? Maybe? I can't remember. It's been t- a couple years ago. I set out to reread all these. I made it to issue like 60. Aww. Oh, gosh. Why is there a pumpkin, a teddy bear? Is this the one with um, the Rugrats? you fool. No, it's clearly a pumpkin. Look at that. Knuckles basketball. <laughs> Is, is this the one with I just the Rugrats say it in fast it? Enough. <laughs> the Rugrats. Don't you remember there are Rugrat echidnas in one of these issues? Oh, sh- in the uh, background. Sh- Tommy Pickles and stuff? Like Tommy, Angelica, and Chucky. That's a good question. There is one issue that has Rugrat echidnas. What is going on in this? Oh, because there's the flash forward. Yeah, it's probably where he's like, not. I had a dream. This might not be the one with the Rugrats. I. Okay, there's Julie Sue pregnant with an egg. There's the microwave. Oh, microwave the baby. There's a really awkward page where Knuckles and his father are saying, I love you. I love you, you deserter. <laughs> see, let me see the panel where he puts him in the, in the microwave. Oh, it's uh, it's in there. Right. Yeah. The, I mean, the Knuckles series, he tried to do things. Like, it's hard to say. You can't say he didn't try. But, uh, but did he try Did he try to write a Knuckles comic, or did he try to write Again, his I, own comic? I haven't read this, but it sounds <clears throat> like with Sonic and Knuckles. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this is the thing we see his fingers, and yeah. the, nope, this is not Eddie LeBron, or Boom. No, thank you. Uh, but it, it sounds like he was just writing writing the stories he wanted to tell using the characters he had at his disposal, yeah. uh-huh. rather, than, rather than, as you said... What works? What makes sense for Knuckles to do? Right. <clears throat> which, which admittedly, he will say, Knuckles, ha- Knuckles had nothing before before, before he came. Again, TJ just picked up a uh, transformer toy Jonathan brought. <laughs> stop making, stop saying stuff, you two. That TJ's touching that sounds dirty. But um, it's the only Bumblebee toy that can hold a spike toy. What? So anyway, um. You've made me lose what I was saying. Now you, I'm sorry. Jerk, what you were talking about. Listen to the tape. You were dissing the Transformers. I wasn't. I was explaining what you said to give context oh, okay. to why you said careful whatever you said. Um, but it sounds like Ken was just like he wasn't. Um, he wasn't. I'm not saying. I'm sorry. Ken has said mm-hmm. Knuckles was was a blank slate before he mm. gave the character, and I'm like, 
To a certain extent, yes, mm-hmm. but Sonic 3 does establish Last of Us kind. Like, the, the basic backstory of Knuckles is there. Right. There are stories you could tell. And to me, it's just like, if, if his whole thing is, which, you know what? I'm trying to remember, in the Sonic 3 manual, yes. do they state Knuckles is the Last of Us kind? Uh, I believe even in the U.S. manual, yes. Yes. Okay. I mean, it's a, it's a short and truncated version that's uh, compared to what's in the Japanese manual. Um, and th- that is one thing that always bothers you know, me. You know, See, let well, me, here's the thing. Let me go check because I have it in Clearly, clearly uh, well, Ken Tenders has admitted he's never played a game, a, a Sonic game. And the right. other thing is, why, if he's never played a game, why would he have read that? But you would think that Sega would have given him um, a Bible or something to work on, uh, right? Yeah, but hasn't he said... That when he started working on this, like, they would constantly ask Deke for what was happening in the show, and Deke refused to give them any information, and they were making the Sega wouldn't book. give them very much either. No. So, like, Sega the only reason them. they did adve- could do Adventure was yeah. because yep. Spaz... So, 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 yeah, Sonic 3 Manual, mm-hmm. being the only living mm-hmm. descendant of this lost generation, Knuckles has become the guardian of the Chaos Emeralds. So, then and there, you have... And, and to me, it's just like if if his at this point his only attribute is is only living only living member, kind of gutable. Right. Why would you then give him this massive extended? Why would you then bring so many kids? Like S- STC, not the comic, right. had one other echidna ever. This evil white um, echidna called Doctor Zachary. Right. Which Archie kind of ripped off. A, a, a little they're kinda, different they're different but it, it's, it's through a white evil mad scientist echidna I don't know what you're talking about what, <clears> I don't know. just saying why, why is by himself he's on the island he always like hanging out with those big eyes together seeing the robot his face you know, when he's got a tattoo on his forehead completely different but exactly like, so it, it, I can understand doing that like having one of them or like doing it once mm-hmm. but when you bring in like he's, he knows who his mother and father is he has <laughs> his girlfriends and like cousins and this big it kind of it makes it takes away Knuckles it takes away Knuckles only um, the, like one of his only big character traits and it makes him less special because <clears throat> how is he supposed to be the the last guardian and the sole the sole um, protector of these things well, there's like a million other echidnas out there. No. You know, I mean, like, yeah. Sonic Chronicles did that, but we don't we don't talk about Chronicles. Well, we can't because I mean Chronicles, right? Back to the Pendlers, we can't talk about well, it. Chronicles only. I mean, it kind of because it, it was a separate tribe of echidnas, right? It wasn't. <clears throat> they they ref they referenced the the Pakawaka tribe from SA One. The Pacha comic, right? The Pacha Knuckles thing, yeah. came from a tribe mm-hmm. called the Knuckles Clan or the Knuckles tribe. Is that? It, isn't it only in the comic books? I don't think the game's no, ever... No, in the then. game... Well, in Chronicles, definitely it says that... I haven't played Chronicles clan, in years. The clan is called the Knuckles... The Knuckles, the Knuckles tribe. So he's named after his people. Okay. So it's and a I different... Believe, it's a different clan than... Right, so, the Knuckles so, so, clan. So he wasn't... He wasn't... So Knuckles wasn't in, in the Coles tribe. What? No, what? Knuckles was... <clears throat> Knuckles is a descendant of the tribe that Tikal is from. The okay. Nocturnus clan, who are trapped in that... A weird Phantom Zone thing. They are a separate group of echidnas who were warring with Pachacomic, and and now I'm trying to remember if they are put into their void before or after the th- events involving Perfect Chaos, killing most of the echidnas. I would probably like I I, 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 I would probably say before because there's a line 
in SC1 where, where the car was like, all these, you know, fighting wars and killing. I would, just in my head, Ken, right. I would imagine she's referencing right. fighting well, with that clan and sending them to house, you know, that right. they were definitely, what have you. Right, they definitely fought. I just don't remember if the Knuckles tribe disappeared and then the Nocturnists were like, hey, or the, whatever they're called, like, hey, we're going to use this as an opportunity to take over the world now because our biggest enemies are gone, but then they get sucked in. Or if they get sucked in, and then Pachacomic is like, yeah, boy, now I'm going to steal that Master Emerald. Oops, I killed everyone. Hey! <laughs> so how did Knuckles become? Like, how? Well, because... I see one says, he doesn't remember, he just, as long as he can remember, he's mm. been alone on this big, empty island. I would assume that a few of them survived... And then they just died off. Because there had to have been someone up on that island. It's and like some weird um, Anakin Padme thing where Knuckles is born and then Padme dies. What happened to Nicole? <laughs> no, what happened, what happened to Nicole? In your anger, you killed her. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Give it your best. Oh no. Oh no. I mean, it, it's not important who Knuckles' parents are, the history of the Echidna tribe is what's important. That's the thing that he... Like, he is the last of that line. He is so the one don't, who don't guards the Master back, Emerald. Don't bring any more back. I don't want any kids. Well, yeah, I mean, if, if Ken had... If he had played the long game and was like, oh, let's play with it, let's tease it, kind of like how Sonic the comic mm. started to play and tease with what actually happened to the Echidnas, mm. then that could have been a far more interesting and satisfying story instead of rushing to that conclusion by the end of issue six. Yeah. That's how early they reveal that oh, stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because the original miniseries was Knuckles going up against Enerjack, who was a long, these great, 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 uncle. Dimitri! Right, who became Enerjack. And then doesn't... And then Knuckles becomes Enerjack, doesn't he, in one of the story arcs? That's 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 an Ian thing. Yeah, that is an Ian thing, which Ken didn't like, even though... There is that story where he introduced um, Lara Sue, who had that alternate name, Jane Ka, or Jane yeah. Ka, and that they implied, oh, Knuckles went crazy and he's evil. So Ian just took the jump of, hey, let's make him Enerjack, and I guess Ken was like, no, he's something else entirely, which is like, eh. But, um, yeah, so <laughs> the first miniseries was Enerjack. The second miniseries, which then led into the main series, was introducing the right the Dark Legion. And then issues four through six, because then it became an ongoing, was, oh, there's the Dingoes and Echidnapolis is in an alternate universe or dimension thing, not universe. Yeah. And then at the end, it's like, oh, now they're fused together again. That was easy. I just didn't like them. Because if it was so easy to travel back and forth, because clearly everyone would do it all the time, then why would you hang out in this alternate dimension, pop out and just rebuild the city because they yeah. possess lots of technology, because all the echidnas possess lots of technology, even though they all hate technology. Even Because then in the Lord of Sea Chronicles, what happens? The planet explodes and technology saves everyone, but then some of the echidnas are mad and like, hey, we can't explore space because that uses technology, even though technology is the only reason we're not all dead. <laughs> My brain hurts. <laughs> so. It's pretty bad. Ah. So yeah, this one time I wrote 50,000 words on Mobius <laughs> five years later. Um, uh, I, I, I think that's a good a place as any to, to stop. Um, <laughs> that's a downer. That is a downer, but you know what? Life's a series of downers. We only read one letter. 
No, we wrote, we wrote two, like three. several. We wrote several letters in one issue. One issue. Well, uh, is, is, is there another funny uh, letter you want to end on? I feel like there there has to be one. What is it? I know there's there's. Come on, where is it? Hey, do you know who Dan Drazen is? You do. <laughs> <laughs> Just the way you said that. Oh, he's uh, God, he's the uh, he's the guy. He, what university did he work for? Didn't he work for a university? And he, in his spare time, he would review Sonic comics. His his website's still there. He still reviews them. You can yeah. go on, and he he reviews, and he he gives them let's, like ratings. Let's give, let's get him as a guest. I, we probably could. I don't know. Dan Drazen did give up reviewing uh, the series uh, a year or two ago. Really? Because he was like, this comic isn't for me anymore. Well, I mean, now it's Is it all... it's people who are fans of Sonic? No, this isn't a... I yeah. think he was a fan of Saturday Morning. Yeah, well, you see, um, Dan Drazen, who is currently in his 60s, I believe. Oh, jeebs. Yeah. He, uh, he was, uh, from what I can gather... Uh, doing research on a man, it's probably a little bit creepy, which means I went on his DeviantArt. Huh. Uh, he was originally in the 1980s uh, a fan of the Care Bears series, and he started writing fan fiction about the which Care Bears. Which one, the original one or the ones where he introduced the Care Bear Cousins? Uh, I'm assuming... Do you not like the, the Care Bear Cousins? Don't be dissing Lionheart. <laughs> Lionheart's the only good one. <laughs> what? Roche is good. Ella from the Elephant is good. I don't remember now which issue. Get out my house. Right. No, well, <clears throat> right. So Dan Drazen originally, um, right. He, I mean, he, he was uh, married. I don't believe he had any kids. He's a twin, so he does have a brother who looks exactly like him. Um, Let's get his brother on the show. <laughs> he works at a university. It's a, it's a small uh, <clears throat> religious university in Michigan. Okay. It's like a couple hours away from where I live. And road trip. We could go. We could do what they did with uh, finding Steve Ditko with finding Dan Drazen. Right. So he, <laughs> oh, he, no one knows who this guy is. You know, well, I mean, Dan Drazen was a big name in the, in the Sonic fan community for a time. <clears throat> he wrote the reviews to the Sonic comic for ages. He was part of uh, you know the Rat.org mailing list. Uh, Alt fan Sonic Hedgehog. He would post things on. He he, he was. Uh, the Sonic Power Zone mailing list he was part of too. Sonic history? No, yes, no. Okay, it's Sonic. The Sonic Internet. What is internet? What is the internet? Right. So, right. Dan Drazen was originally a fan of, of the Care Bears, uh, but then he would sometimes record Saturday morning cartoon blogs and just you know take a peek, see what's going on, watch it, you know, because he he was a he was a bit of a writer himself, you know. He he would do things and. He saw an episode of the Saturday Morning series and was captivated by the plot and the characters. And then he was quickly able to, you know, watch the whole thing and found out that there was a comic book based on it as well. And he became part of the community. And so at that point, he must have been in his 30s. I mean, 40s. That's what I mean. And he started writing fan fiction. There was a, uh, a fan fiction called Bloodlines, which was like this whole, like, oh, I'm going to write a Sonic uh, fanfic that's a little bit more serious and explore the relationship between Sonic and Sally and Knothole. Uh, he wrote a fanfic of, uh, called When a Bunny Meets a Bunny where uh, he goes into the uh, alternate, the evil Mobius, right? Mm -hmm. Where um, Bunny's there and they mistake her as like her version of, as their version of Bunny and then you find out, well, 
bunny isn't really there and there's like some weird thing about how Sally has this dual personality and she has a sister but only in her head because I guess she was tw- she was born a twin and she the twin ate died the at twin birth in the womb or something <laughs> and like he did all these weird things and it was exploring corners <laughs> twin Sally but did you <laughs> eat her <laughs> because when you are did you absorb her when you are when you're writing when you're in your 40s and you're writing fan fiction and, and people in their you know like kids are reading it Teenagers reading it, and also there were a lot of twenty-something uh, Sonic fans at the time because of the Saturday Morning series. He was the the best writer in that group, and he gained a degree of respect uh, amongst his peers. And if you were to go back to that stuff now, mm-hmm. would it hold up, or would it be like this is pretty? Difficult? This is Ken Penders writing. Well, right? I mean, he would often disagree with Ken Penders, but him and Ken Penders would discuss things about the comic. Like, he, he would talk about ideas that he would have, and he would shoot them off Dan Drazen, and Dan Drazen would be like, oh, no, maybe you should do something else. Um, like, Dan Drazen, he was very unhappy with Mobius 25 years later, and I do cite him in the review I made, where he's like, Ken, this doesn't work as a story. Like, even this simple thing would change it and make it better. But at that point, Ken was just too far off in his own little yeah. world where he wasn't listening to other people. But at one point, because Ken and, and Dan are like, you know, they're of the same generation. They're not that far apart age-wise. Like, he talked to him more than he would talk to other people because a 12-year-old bothering Ken about, yeah, yeah, yeah. hey, how old is Sally? Are you going to marry her? Are you going to have a baby? <laughs> like, you know, that's different it's than, than someone... It's Sonic going to marry Sally? Right. have a kid called Baby Sonic? So then Dan started... <laughs> the, your son's name is, right? Baby Sonic? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Dan started reviewing every issue of the comic book. Originally, it was just part. How many issues were out at this point when he started? Um, it was in the late teens, early twenties. Is when he started. Okay. Originally, the reviews were very short. Mm-hmm. Uh, there well, was the first like twenty issues, just like Sonic does goofy stuff, right? Yeah. Defeats well, because on Rat.org there was the official Sonic the Hedgehog FAQ, and by official I mean unofficial. <laughs> and part of it was supposed to be, oh, let's just write summaries for every issue of Sonic the Hedgehog. Then he started inserting commentary, and then eventually they became its own full-fledged thing. And people, like when an issue would come out, would immediately beg Dan Drazen to write mm-hmm. his under his review and his commentary, and that became a very big part of the fandom. Like especially when the whole Endgame saga happened, and everyone went up into arms about how Princess Sally was dead, including someone named David Goncherman, who wrote a little story called the Princess Sally Protest Comic. And we'll, 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 we'll <laughs> elaborate on that on a uh, future episode, not of said, but maybe a Scotch entry in the future. We'll, we'll get that. Right, but, but I mean, like, that was, such, that was a big deal. Especially because the Sonic Internet community at the time was solely based around the Saturday Morning series and the Archie comic book. The games seemed but the games? S- the games were secondary. And that's because the comics were really the only lore that, you know, most Americans were into and understanding. There was a whole, oh, I don't want to like Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog because it seems too kiddie. And you know what? And, you know, when you're, a, when you're an early teen, you want to be the coolest kid on the block. And you'll be like, I don't want to wait watch... A minute, wait a minute, Adventures had Quest for the Care symbols. I know. But Sonic is, is robotics flat out state, <laughs> Sonic is killing things. So, yeah, Sonic never killed anything, but Adventures Sonic was mowing down those lava monsters. That's <laughs> like true. murdering those suckers. <laughs> <laughs> So, I mean, you had people who were, you know, writing fanfics and role-playing and 
like fanfic writers were for whatever reason the big names in the fandom as a whole. I'm glad that's strange. Right. I mean that um, around you know '98 it started to shift because that's when websites like the Green Hill Zone were like, hey, there's a game lore here and it's different in Japan, and they were like slowly trying to translate things the Japanese manuals even though they weren't the best translations at the time especially when rumors of Sonic Adventure started cropping up and then that game was announced and it was like we're clearly defining Sonic's world and it has nothing to do with the, the shows it has nothing yeah. to do with the comics that's when the shift really happened and people embraced the games more also because I think more kids were going on the internet at that point and the games were really like that's what I'm playing over and over again because I don't have all the shows on tape, and I only have a few issues of the comic, and I can tell they're different. That's when the shift happened, and then yeah. the old guard dispersed because their fandom was tied into something that was canceled after two seasons. Well, it's funny you say that about the different um, canons for Japan and and the West. Mm -hmm. um, at Summer of Sonic 2011, yeah, uh, for the 25th anniversary, they had Yuji Naka in a Q and A, mm -hmm. and apparently, like. That was the first he had heard of Mobius and all the other stuff. Which um, part of me is just like, you, like you were the producer of the series for fifty. Yeah. You must have heard it. He apparently he's presented material. And he's just like, what, what is this? <laughs> like, he, he had no idea. Like like, like Mobius oh. and like Robotnik and all that kind of stuff. He had no idea what any of it, any of it was. Right. Which is again kind of mind blowing that he was the general producer for a long time and not one and he. Worked in America, and that one son was like, "Hey, look at this! It's Mobius." It makes me wonder if at one point somebody showed it to him, and he's forgotten. And he about just it. went, "No," and then like looked away and went back to thinking about the Sonic that he's working. It meant for thinking about buying more Ferraris, right? Yeah, because I mean, I can see that if you were shown, because I know in documentaries he loves to tell the story about how Megan Schroeder came to Japan, was like, "Hey, this is how Sonic's going to look in the U.S." And you everyone know, hated it. The, yeah, the, the they, Japanese and, people didn't want yeah, it. The Japanese Sonic Team Three were fits. I, I mean, I can I understand was, why because I Japan, don't, yeah, the J Japanese Sonic One model looks way looks better, way than, better than edgy. Mm. Odd, I, I, I have never liked the coloring for the Sonic One and Two like American covers. Yeah, the coloring just looks so weird. It, I mean, I just I find it weird that they felt the urge in America to redraw Sonic, but then again, no one. And Sega seemed to have confidence in Sonic the Hedgehog as a whole until it came out and proved to be a success. Yeah. You, um, the previous, uh, before Tom Kalinske came on, why can I remember the CEO beforehand? Um, you know, he was the CEO of Sega of America in 1990. Uh, you know, he saw Sonic, and there was a concerted effort to be like, no, we're not going to release Sonic. We're going to find our own character designers. We're going to create our own characters. Nobody knows who a hedgehog is in the United States. Um, Mark Cerny did a, you know, uh, there's that interview that he did, was it on Sega 16, I think, where he explains, like, you know, because he was working at the Sega Technical Institute at the time. I have never heard this story. Was Sega of America were going to rebrand Sonic? Right, they were, they were going to, like, we don't want to do Sonic, we're going to do our own game, our own character. So it's like, it, would, it would have been the same game, but um, like a different, just a different character? I, I, I don't think they ever got that far, as in would they just replace Sonic outright, or would they make their own game and Sonic would only be in Japan? Like, I, I, they, they never got that far. Gotcha. Probably because Sega Japan went, no, you're going to release this, and you're going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, 
Right, because Mark Cerny was in charge of the Sega Technical Institute at the time. Uh, he had heard all these rumblings, and he commented that, oh, I, I, I am not going to say who, but I heard who the character designer they were going after was, and he was bad. Like, it would have been bad if it had happened. Hmm. And I can understand why he doesn't want to throw someone under the bus and be like, hey, yeah. Sonic fans are weird. It was, it was Matt Groening. The hack would never do anything. Right. Oh, rats. <laughs> um, yeah, so when they realized that they were stuck with Sonic, that's when they were like, well, we can retool things. And, I mean, Tom Kalinske, when he came on board, um, I mean, he commented that he had seen the earlier designs of Sonic, although I kind of wonder whether or not it was, if Tom was in charge or if the other guy was in charge when they apparently had their conversations with Sega Japan of, oh, get rid of the fangs, get rid of the band, get rid of Madonna. Because there's also conflicting Why stories Madonna? about... She was the best character. Well, there's also conflicting stories about that. Because Megan Schroeder's like, I went there, said get rid of Madonna, get rid of the band. And then you hear Yuji Naka tell a story, oh, we got rid of Madonna because she seemed too much like Peace. Princess Peach hmm. and didn't want the huge comparison between Sonic and Mario. We wanted she was way sexy Princess Peach. Well, of though. course she was. Look at that little red she dress. Was like, um, she was like sexy Gruntilda. No, she was like... Uh, what Describe it. What? Who are you thinking of? The uh, ori- the original Jumpman's... Pauline. Yeah, Pauline. Mm-hmm. You can see a little Pauline in there. Yeah. Although Madonna, I mean with that short blonde hair, come on, how can you say No. <laughs> Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so then when Tom Kalinske came on board, and they were slowly shifting, he because he had worked at Mattel and was like, "Oh, I helped reinvigorate Barbie." Oh, you know, I'm in charge of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe. He was already like, you know, creating lore for mm. characters. That's why he was like, "Yeah, let's really push to slightly redesign Sonic so he appeals mm. to an American sensibility." <laughs> Even though it was Give just him like, the upside down triangle physique <laughs> of He Man, right? Which is just, it, it's it's weird that they tried to to eighties eyes Sonic, <laughs> even though he became like one of the defensive defined... nineties, right? Yeah, yeah. So it, one of them, right? It, it's it's weird when you think him, about Bill it. Clinton, and that's why I I also wonder like at what point they realized Sonic was going to be a hit because um. I don't know if you've ever have you ever read Console Wars, that book. No, because I've 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 heard it's not it's not a factual book. It's it's like I a fiction. Read. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that's why it reads the comic books. It's just pictures. But I I I've heard... I don't know who these characters are. I just know one's a rabbit, one's a one's a squirrel hog, whatever. I just, I just know that like it it's a it's a fiction book, and I was like, if it was like an actual. Here's what happened. I I I want to read it, but yeah. I don't really care about reading the fictional. Yeah, it, it, it is. It is a little weird in the sense that it, it feels like a draft of a screenplay for a movie that they want to make. Well, it certainly I think, has. I think they're. I think they're making one. Well, place, yeah, because I mean, there is an intro, an introduction by Seth Rogen so, in his writing. Because he's producing it, yeah. Because um, in that book, it's like, oh, we were holding off. It, it, it's written, so he says, oh, it's mostly based on fact, but some things have been changed to make the the narrative flow better. Which does bother me. I'm a, I want to know the facts. Right, because in that book, it's like, oh, we waited until June of 1991 to show Sonic off at CES. And I'm like, that's not true, because you showed Sonic in 1990 With the, at the Consumer you, Electronics because, Show. Because they, that's where you get the, um, There's footage the screens of, of footage of, like, original Green Hill with, like, the, the UFOs and stuff. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah there, there is, like, there is footage of, a, footage of, a, yeah, yeah, of an earlier version of Green Hill. 
because the original Green Hill was shown off the Tokyo Toy Show in April of 1990, and then in winter 90 CES, they show off Sonic at the booth, which means they were already like, okay, we're starting to promote this game. So by the time Sonic comes out in June, when it's like, hey, let's put it head-to-head in the U.S. against Super Mario World, it's already been established that Sonic is a thing. Maybe he's not in, you know, like, the, he wasn't in every magazine between whenever the winter CES and the summer CES was, but they were already establishing things. So I don't know exactly when the meeting happened where Tom Kowinski went, hey, we need to pack Sonic in with every Sega Genesis. I think at that point he knew that Sonic was going to be a hit. But it what I don't know if that happened when Sonic was finally released in the U.S. or if it happened slightly before, or like, there there seems to be a slight fudging of the timeline, just like how Madeline Schroeder is like I fixed Sonic completely when you have Sonic Team saying, well, no, we got rid of the band because we ran out of time to do the sound test. Yeah. It's all weird, and then that American Sonic is put into a comic. And that comic is sent off to Deke, and they say no. <laughs> they make Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. They make the Saturday Morning series. They have a really weird Bible. They send that to Archie. Archie's like, what? They make a comic that's a hodgepodge. Wasn't Satya made because they presented Adventures to ABC? And from what they say, <laughs> the president of ABC said, this show looks terrible. I won't want it on my network. Give me a, <laughs> give me a better show. And... And that's when Deke was like, okay, let's make it more serious. Right. Let's, you know, let's goofy, put slightly more effort into the animation. Right. Because that game looks slightly better yeah. than Well, because that, that was the era of Batman the Animated Series. Mm-hmm. They wanted the cartoons to look better. They wanted it to, if not be exactly, try to match that standard. And Adventures was just all over the place. Adventures, like, some episodes look really good. Like, the animation, some episodes just look like trash. But then I also wonder exactly how how things were developed and what was pitched to ABC when. Because you have the pilot where, mm. at the end, uh, the Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog pilot... Where Sonic, Jim Cummins' voices are robotnate. Right, and you have Sonic going, oh yeah, I'll see you fall in 93. And, and then you have like these weird concept drawings of Princess Sally as a human being, mm-hmm. and you're like, and Tails isn't in any of this concept art, and you're like, wait a minute. Because then there's also the concept art that was in the Fleetway series of a where, different like, looking Princess where, Sally. Yeah, and there's like the... Uh, Porker Lewis and Johnny Lightfoot and there's an image where Sonic's right. kissing a fish. Right. <laughs> you see all and that. And has like black fingernails and green tongue. It's yeah. like, very weird. Where does all of that fit in? Where does the human Princess Sally come in? Where does the weird yellow Princess Sally come in? I don't think I've in? seen the Why? human Princess Sally concept. You haven't? I don't think I have. Uh, there's, like, there's a couple of them too. Right. Like where does all that in relation to Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog come in? Were they working on both shows somehow simultaneously before they pitched things? No, again, they had... Like, because the stories are... I just don't understand the timeline specifically. Because if they were working on a show where you see, like, oh, here's characters that are based on characters in the game, but Tails isn't there yet, but it has a Princess Sally, that's clearly different from Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. What what happened? Because Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog is like Tails is there. He's a main character. So what 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 was the pitch? What did ABC hear? Was it something completely different from both? And then they just kept on retooling Adventures until it became what it was. And then they worked on something else and pitched that to ABC eventually. Well, I mean, there's a lot of concept art that went up on eBay yeah. like last year of the like 
extremely different designs for all. Oh, Jonathan the bought fighters. them all. I bought I bought one or two. Oh. Yeah. Which one? Uh, I have Bunny. Ah. I have Bunny. I really wanted Sally because it's so weird, yeah. and the Robotnik is just completely insane. It doesn't look like Robotnik at all. Yeah, the the Robotnik and the the uh, Cluck. Cluck no. just looked like he had like actual feathers. Hmm. I mean, just the whole like the whole evolution of the Sonic TV shows I find fascinating, and also like when you look at the, at the the Sonic Bibles for, for both series, where the Sad AM Bible tells his little section of little like toy toy <laughs> guns. <laughs> the Sad AM Bible's weird, right? And then it's like, oh look, here's Nate Morgan, and he's also a wizard. Yeah, and, like you, you you have that, and uh, then there was the implication that Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog was meant to be a prequel to the Saturday Morning series, which never came out. I came to fruition, and I think the—I forget if it was in the Saturday Bible or the Adventures one or both, where they even tried to introduce the Kintobor rotten egg concept. <laughs> and I mean, all of that's completely different when you look at Ben Hurst's uh, two-part Blast from the Past, which is what then I Ken Penders. Yeah. The past. yeah, and I mean, Ken Penders took that and ran with it, and mm. probably completely misunderstood what Ben Hurst was trying to do, which I feel like is what Ken Penders did a lot of the time. Because Ben Hurst had talent. <laughs> See, and luckily for some of those stories, he was grounded by um, his co-writer, uh... Paddley. Or are you talking about no, Ken? no Ken? I'm sorry. Uh, uh, wait, was that Mike Kertona? Kertankovich? Kintobor. Oh, yes, Kintobor. Exactly. Yeah, Mike Kintobor. Because uh, I think I think when he's working with uh, what's his name, uh, it's a lot better. Well, I also think when Ken is forced to have a deadline and he's working with a strong editor, his yeah. work is also better as well. If you read everything that leads up to... like Cantervic. Mike Cantervic. All right. When, when you read everything from, say, when they reintroduced King Acord into the book right mm -hmm. before Endgame, that's probably his strongest... Um, let's kind of speed up. The, the strongest piece of work... Uh, in one shot. Yeah. And I, it's because, oh, I have an end goal in mind. I want to set up all the stuff. I want to pay off everything. Like, there, he definitely knows what he wants to do at that point. Afterwards, he was just like, I have a million ideas mm -hmm. and no end in sight. When, when he was writing, like, oh, oh, am I going to make you feel that? <laughs> when he's writing Ken Pat when he's writing issue 25 and he's like, I have plans up to issue 100 of Knuckles. It's like you can't rely on the fact you that you get 100. You understand comics, <laughs> right? I mean, let alone the fact that it's a licensed book. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Ian says that like he he plans he plans things like ahead, but he says that's just how he works. He just likes to be thought. I mean, he yeah. said that things change a lot of time. I think just mm -hmm. to make it easier for him. Like, but he doesn't go around saying I have plans to issue. Da -da -da. He's just like. Just in case we go that long, I have some stuff planned out. Yeah, but there's like, it's it's crazy to think a licensed book like Sonic is one of the straight is a comic book is one of the strangest things to last nearly three hundred issues. Mm -hmm. That's nuts. I guess it's the fact that there's you know like maybe we just said it, at first it was just the longest video game. Uh, comic book now it's just the, the longest licensed book. I mean there's. Yeah. Well, I, I, you know, I read something where they were diminishing that whole thing by the, bringing up uh, Conan's continuation through, um, 
through Dark Horse. It's like, oh, Dark Horse picked it up, and so Conan's still longest running. It's like continuously running. Sonic the Hedgehog is the longest running licensed uh, book. Well, isn't it now? It's also thanks to all these reboots and renumberings. Isn't that also the longest running? book like just in terms of its numbering that that, that, has, that hasn't been reset at all currently yes yeah. right um, which is that's that's uh, the fact that you think that Archie would you know acknowledge that or maybe should realize that they have you know they have a pretty good thing going with this book mm-hmm. and they wouldn't keep screwing it over so much yeah I think we're asking too much though of Archie because oh. they gotta they gotta keep gotta keep sending those junkhead books Get it? He likes burgers. Come on, just get us, just get us to three hundred, and then you know, whatever. Yeah. Get it? Jack, Jackhead likes burgers. Reggie's a jerk. They've been they've been doing it since nineteen forty, right? Did you guys hear? Archie's hot. Oh really? Archie's hot. Betty, you... Betty, go. Betty. Ver- Veronica also go. Featuring Cheryl Blossom. <laughs> <laughs> She's so cool. What happens well, in that show? What does Cheryl Blossom do? She's mean. Oh, but she's... she. I don't. I don't know. Does she, it's, not, it's not even appropriate for this podcast. No, it's not. Oh. Which is, which is again, the fact that they put what like on the front cover of the Sonic books. Watch Riverdale. Uh-huh. That is not an age appropriate show for the the reader base for Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, I mean, it, I mean it's, it's you know it's like like they they, they fill on ads in the in the book itself like whatever they market or anything, but the fact that you would put it. Like, I can just just imagine, like a five year old reading the book. Mommy, I want to read River, what River though. Yeah. It's Sonic, especially the end of that first episode. Like what you see at the end of that first episode. I don't, you know, I don't know about a a ten year old seeing that. Yeah, what would you market a show that start that starts at airs at nine p.m. to a on a book that where its target demographic is six to twelve year olds? Well, all those six to twelve year olds still want to watch TV after Supernatural, right? <laughs> They're like, I gotta get my my Dean and, Dean and Sam Winchester on, mm-hmm. but I'm still all riled up. I need something to calm down. Riverdale. Oh, yes. I think at that point we really should, <laughs> we should call it a day. Um, Dad, uh, stay out of Riverdale. <laughs> I wanna thank everyone for listening. I think we we might, and you know, I've been doing. I think we might try and drag David back down uh, as much as we can, and we'll do some more of these kind of just random talks about the, the front the series as a whole and have some more Sega trivia <laughs> in the past the next time we come down though we will do a, a Skype Sanctuary where mm-hmm. we talk about that fan fiction oh okay. so many so yes. many ones um, but um, again everyone thank you for watching I've been FTA John out T-Bay and uh, we'll see you next issue goodbye for listening to an FTCR podcast. Please subscribe and leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts.